Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking the podcast that takes me andy a new hiker kind of and asks hikers how has hiking changed them and how are they changing the world around them that's right you're listening to the hiker podcast hiker podcast is brought to you by our lovely patreons thank you all so much i'll talk more about them at the end of the show also Knock outdoors makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles as you all know and all your water storage needs and the best of course the best instant coffee on the trail cs instant coffee all those sponsors i'll be talking about more at the end of the show but Big thank you to them. Thank you to you for listening and supporting the show just by listening. If you want to hear more from me, go to hikerpodcast.com. All the information is there, or you can just uh, contact me directly, uh, andynealproductions.com. That is a, a great way to contact me as well. All the social links and stuff is there. Uh, follow me on Instagram, hikerpodcast on Instagram. Anyways, I am stoked about this week's episode i was contacted by a past guest about about this next guest and i was like oh my gosh we've got to have her on and we have cameron peterson on the show she is a pnw that's pn dubs like we like to say up here in the pn dubs pacific northwest uh raised gal who prioritizes an opportunity to get outside you can often find her uh reading and a fire lookout. I love fire lookouts. Backpacking in the Alpine lakes or snowboarding down a mountain. Her passion is fueled by helping other women feel safe and prepared as they trek out into the outdoors. We had an amazing conversation and she's doing amazing work. So without any further ado, my conversation with Cameron Peterson. excited this week to have on the show outdoors person and hiker cameron peterson how you doing today cameron i'm doing great how are you doing well so happy to have you on the show so why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to our listeners let them know who you are where you come from that kind of stuff outdoorsy people like to know yeah absolutely um my name is cameron peterson and i am based in the pacific northwest uh specifically the portland area i was born here but i actually have just kind of bopped around all over in washington and oregon um, i moved back here about 12 years ago from alaska where i spent some time but primarily been here um 
yeah, that's really where I'm from and and what I've been uh, doing and really focus a lot of my time up primarily in Washington doing a bunch of hikes and um, backpacking and really exploring around there. So I was introduced to you by my friend, uh, the fastest known tiger, Jeff Garmeyer. <laughs> he had talked about how you are working with, with people, particularly women, and enabling them to have confidence in getting into the outdoors. But before we get into that, can you just tell me how you first got into hiking in the outdoors and what that journey looked like growing up in the Pacific Northwest and ended up going to Alaska? What did that journey look like for you? Yeah, so it's actually probably not the same as most traditional people um, who've been growing up in the outdoors for their whole lives. Uh, granted, I've been in an amazing place that allows us to get outside, but I really wasn't a big outdoors person when I was younger. Um, I actually was probably the child who really didn't like to get dirty. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, really didn't like to get dirty. Um I didn't like bugs. I didn't like any of that. So actually now as I'm older and, you know, I tell my parents about all my adventures, they're like, are you serious? Are you the same person that we raised? I'm really confused. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would say that I grew up, uh, down here in Portland and I would go on hikes and we would go car camping, but it was really, you know, glamping and things like that. And when I moved to Alaska, that was a really an opportunity for me to get outside. They're really, you know, what else is there to do other than get outside up there? Right. So we did a lot of camping and hiking, but I wasn't at an age where I could really appreciate the scenery or the mountains. Um, you know, just the vastness of the land up there. So, um, actually Jeff and I just went back to Alaska a few weeks ago, which was absolutely amazing. So um, that was a really fun trip. Uh, after I moved back down here, it wasn't really until recently, I would say within the last five years or so that I started getting back into the outdoors. Um, part of the reason that I kind of grew this passion for getting women outside is, you know, I was in a relationship where I was going outside a lot with this person, you know, we were starting to summit mountains, we were backpacking a lot. And after things kind of went sour, I had to make this decision around, okay, do I want to stay out outside? Do I want to continue doing these things? Well, yes, I absolutely still want to stay outside, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I realized really quickly that, you know, I would rely on them to maybe bring all the food or pack extra weight for certain things, um, maybe plan the trips. My, my thought process around it was that if I don't really have to think about it, then, you know, and I can rely on somebody else, I'm probably safe, which is not the best way to think about anything outside, right? I want to be prepared. I want to know any situation that I'm in, what I'm walking into. So I started uh, going down this path of really learning things on my own. And as I got outside more, especially by myself, I was feeling this overwhelming sense of empowerment. Oh my gosh, I can do amazing things out here. You know, if I'm hiking, I actually feel, you know, really awesome and have kind of this hiking rush right after I've done something completely alone, because that's something I never would have done before. And I felt like most women were probably feeling the same. Um, we talk sometimes I do these hosted hikes and, you know, uh, lots of things on Instagram. We talk sometimes about how women often, you know, they're only as outdoorsy as maybe their husband is or their boyfriend is or something like that. And I want them to feel like they are outdoorsy, right? They're not just tagging along with somebody or, um, 
feeling like they don't have the knowledge and, and tools in their mind to complete something that they're dreaming of. So that's kind of where it all, you know, started and stemmed from. But I wouldn't say I was the most outdoorsy person growing up. In fact, you know, I was a cheerleader all through college, and kind of that fit that stereotype. So yeah, it's been a journey. Very nice. Very nice. So the, the outdoor industry historically, and this is changing, has been historically very, you know, heteronormative, straight, and very male. Um, I've talked to so many women on this podcast who tell me when that when they, they've gone on their through hike or a backpacking, they get asked, so where's your husband or where's your boyfriend? And it, it's just, they're just expected to have a man with them. Um, how is the besides besides what you're doing how is the industry and the outdoor culture changing to be more accepting of of women hiking on their own hiking alone how is it changing for the best and what still needs to happen uh, within the outdoor industry and outdoor culture yeah that's a great question and you bring up some really great points i think that we still have a long way to go um I have noticed, you know, going outside and and being in the outdoors, specifically by myself a lot more, um, you still get asked questions on the trail all the time. Um, Like you mentioned, where's your husband? Where's your boyfriend? Or I even from women, you know, oh, I would never feel safe without my husband. And for me, I don't like to take those as moments where, you know, I'm scolding someone or something. I like to take those as kind of just educational moments, you know, oh, I don't actually um, have my husband here because, you know, I want to feel safe outside and, or sorry, not safe, but I want to, I want to feel great outside by myself. I don't need somebody else here to make me, you know, feel more safe because I can rely on myself. Right now, don't get me wrong. We talked about this um, on a recent hike, actually, of how do you kind of walk into the wilderness prepared and, sometimes people will ask me questions like, Oh, are you, are you doing this hike alone? And specifically if it's a male asking me that, you know, I don't ever really assume ill intention, but sometimes my response is just, Oh, Hey, they're, you know, actually I have a friend with me and they're not that far behind me or something like that. Right. It's not, it's not like, uh, I'm just trying to lie because, uh, I don't want them to, you know, follow me or something like that, but it's just, it just makes me feel safe, you know, knowing that, Oh, they think somebody else is with me. Um, so I think when I do hike with a lot of my male friends, I try to kind of chat about those specific things, right? If you come across a female who's potentially by themselves, I mean, try to be aware of maybe questions you're asking or things that you're saying to them that might make them feel uncomfortable or, you know, naturally women just kind of hold this wall up of, I need to keep myself safe. And by educating some of my male friends or male peers about how, you know, they can frame questions or, you know, again, not make a woman feel uncomfortable outside. I think that's really helpful. And I think that this is just one of those situations where, the more that women do get outside and see other women outside, the more it empowers other women to get out there. So I think in the industry right now, you know, I'm seeing so many awesome women who are going backpacking by themselves or trying new sports that they didn't grow up, you know, maybe they're learning snowboarding this year or mountain biking or something like that. Not being afraid to reach out to your peers and, you know, women that you see out there doing these things and say, Hey, how did you get into this? Where can I start? Um, being kind of this community of people who are willing to help and and men too, right? I want to feel comfortable reaching out to any males or, um, you know, people that I don't necessarily know and say, Hey, 
how did you break into this space? And, you know, do you know of anybody I could reach out to and maybe like just even have coffee with and talk about how you got in here and um, how can I feel safe and know some best practices? So I think just being open to community and communication uh, amongst peers and, you know, again, strangers, um, Jeff and I technically met like through Instagram. I just started messaging him on Instagram and then look now we just went to Alaska. So I think that, um, just being a good community and supportive of others is helpful. And then also just being aware of your questions that you're asking and maybe, you know, statements you're making, um, and being mindful. Very nice. So how did you get into, um, Equipping and 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 working with women in the in the outdoor industry. How did that start? Yeah, so I'm pretty. Um, you know, I'm active on Instagram. I always post pictures of my adventures and things like that. And it started turning into something where a lot of my friends, in particular, were saying, "Oh my gosh, you're just always on all these adventures. I'd love to go with you sometime," or or something like that. Or you know, they'd say things like, Oh my gosh, you went on that hike alone. You know, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And I said, you can, you know, um, you don't have to wish it. You absolutely can. And so I started just randomly putting out on Instagram, Hey, I'm going to go hiking this weekend. If anybody would like to come and I'm happy to, you know, we can talk about gear, we can talk about safety, we can talk about whatever you like. And this is also an opportunity for you to meet other women outdoors who have the same interests, right? And I just kind of got a shocking amount of response to it. Um, you know, they're very low key hikes, and, and this will definitely be expanding in the very near future. But, you know, we'll just meet up for a hike and it's all these women who have never met before and maybe they're really experienced in the outdoors and maybe they're not, but it provides this opportunity for other women to meet people who have similar interests and maybe they just don't have a community who's in that space. So it really kind of started on Instagram and, or just, you know, word of mouth with um, other friends. And, you know, I've even had friends reach out and say, Hey, like, I'd love to have my girlfriend go backpacking and she's never done it before. And I think that you would be a really awesome person to introduce her in that space. So just kind of a lot of networking in that sense. And it just took off. I mean, I, you know, I have a hike that I'm doing this weekend that I had to do a wait list for. And because I realized quickly that if I have too many people, one, it's not, you know, super safe if um, not everyone is very experienced. And two, the trails can't really handle, you know, a group of 10 plus women, um, trying to walk and, you know, we're passing people, especially with social distancing and such right now. So, um, yeah, that's really how I kind of broke into it. And then as soon as I did, you know, my first couple, I was like, wow, my cup feels so full right now. I, I think actually after the first one, I got back in my car and I just cried from happiness. Cause I was like, this just makes me so happy that women are, you know, after today, the first time one of the gals said, Oh my gosh, I have outdoorsy friends now. I'm so excited. And you know, how cool is that? Um, you might've been just surrounded by your community that you've always had. And now you can kind of break into this space and learn new things. And I just, I love that. I want to give women this ability to learn new things and feel safe while doing it. You talked a little bit about about Instagram and how you're connecting with other women on Instagram. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I've met pretty much all my outdoor friends via Instagram. It's this podcast and even my career now. 
is thanks to Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's been it's been good in a lot of ways for the outdoor industry. But as we've seen with recent events, it's um, really easy to put on a happy face and not show the hard stuff, not show the difficult stuff. How has Instagram, besides what you talked about, being able to connect with other people and women, how has Instagram been a, a net positive for the outdoor spaces? And what are some things that that really kind of maybe it's it's not been so helpful? Maybe it's kind of taken away from the experience of being being a hiker and being in the outdoors. Yeah, this is a, you know, this is a really controversial topic, I think, because being in the space of posting pictures, videos, you know, even things on your stories about where you are in particular and what you're doing. I mean, I think with this pandemic, we see more people in the outdoor in the outdoors in general than we ever have. Um, now, you know, they talk about how being in the outdoors is a trend right now. Um, I work for Columbia Sportswear Company, and which is a phenomenal company, by the way. And, you know, we're seeing so many people getting outside and, um, you know, utilizing um, the really awesome products. And what we're also seeing is people who've never hiked a day in their life and, um, you know, coming in, buying boots, things like that, and um, getting outside, which is amazing. Instagram, I feel like has kind of exploded a lot of the really maybe less popular areas, right? Whether it's, um, well, national parks have always been very popular, but all of these hikes that look, you know, magical. And one of the things that I really like to do is go stay in fire lookouts. And I have so many people messaging me, oh my gosh, where is this? And it's kind of this catch, right? Like, do I do I tell somebody who wants to go and explore this beautiful space mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. where this is? Or do I kind of, you know, keep this a secret, right? I don't want, I don't ever want to come across as though the outdoors is mine. The outdoors is for everyone, right? But I do ask, you know, sometimes when I tell people where I'm going, I I really try to educate them. Hey, just letting you know, if you are going to go to this space, you know, maybe there's no dogs allowed or make sure that you get these proper permits or please look into this, you know, elevation gain or, or things like that um, and be really prepared. Something that I do talk about, um, so like to kind of reel it back, I think that Instagram has really allowed people to see, you know, this vast outdoors and where we could go. But it also, I think, is up to us to continue to educate people how to go outside and leave the least amount of impact. So I actually... um was listening to another podcast once and this really resonated me with me. This was, you know, when I first got outside, even just about leave no trace and, you know, the amount of toilet paper that is left out in the outdoors. Um, I talk about this on my Instagram all the time of like, and you know, that's not a pretty subject, right? It's, it's not one that people want to talk about. And unfortunately, most women are also like, Oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom outside, you know, if they've never done that before. And it's really about educating them. Like it is important to, you know, pack out toilet paper. If you can imagine how many hikers there are in the world that do the PCT or the AT or whatever, if they left toilet paper outside every single time, holy cow, you know? So, and, and that's just my own personal opinion. Um, but I think it's up to us if we are on Instagram and, you know, any sort of social platform to be educating people how to get outside and leave the least amount of impact. If you are going to go to these places, which I think it's great that all of these folks want to get outside and they're seeing these amazing um, scenery and, you know, things that they can do, 
make sure you're doing it safely and make sure that you are, again, leaving the least amount of impact. Um, that's not something that we always did growing up. And now I'm happy that we're in a better space. That's definitely something I've noticed. I've only, you know, in the past few years got into the outdoors and then, you know, began to garner a local Instagram following and such, and then kind of regional. And I've noticed, you know, it, it, there's a struggle for me when I'm posting a hike because I know that that next weekend that trail is going to see extra traffic. It's not to to my own horn. How, how do you, how do you balance that not being accused of being a gatekeeper and still making it accessible for everyone? Cause you don't want to see the, you know, these areas, you know, get overrun. I've, I've actually even contacted, um, with by the local national forest like hey can you help us with you know getting out the word about leaving no trace in this area that sort of thing um which i'm I'm happy to do and i'll absolutely do it but at the same time it's like i know if i put this out there it's gonna it's people are gonna be out here who maybe don't know what they're doing and they're novices but then you don't geotag and then you get all these messages where is this where is this where is this oh you're not gonna tell me are you being a gatekeeper how do you balance that yeah. Um, I feel like I just, that's so tough because I really do try not to geotag as much as I can. Um, I do in a way, right? Like maybe I tag that I'm in Washington or Oregon or something like that. But as far as the actual trailheads I'm at, or again, these fire lookouts are really what kind of blow up my Instagram. And that's a really tough one for me because those are a little bit, oftentimes you can just drive to them, which is nice. But, um, I also just, they're already so hard to get into and there's so much, they're very delicate, um, I guess. And, and I really value them. So it's, it's almost like they're like this precious thing that I don't want other people to kind of see in a way. So, right. I'm being a gatekeeper. However, oftentimes people will come in and say, Hey, where is this? And, you know, maybe I say just something like it's a lookout in Washington and, that that's kind of it. Or, you know, I might tell them exactly where it is, but I say, you know, just, it's pretty hard to get to. And and I do advise if you are going to go, please look into X, Y, and Z factors, things like that. Um, I try to not be a gatekeeper per se. And I, and I really haven't gotten a ton of, maybe it's just the way that I'm wording my messages. I haven't gotten a ton of backlash back on, oh my gosh, why won't you tell me or or something like that. But I'm also in my mind, I'm like, I don't, technically need to tell you, right? I, I, I might not even know you. And, you know, I don't, I think that's the thing that we forget about Instagram sometimes. Absolutely. It should be this community of, you know, willingness and being open. But we also have to remember at the end of the day, I don't have to give any information to you through a social media platform, right? If I, if I don't, want to just like if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, Hey, you know, ask you any sort of question, you don't always have to answer them, especially if you don't feel comfortable. And some you feel like maybe you're being harassed in a sense, right? Um, So I think there's like this fine line, I definitely want people to get outside. And I try not to be a gatekeeper. Normally, I'm pretty open about where I'm going. Um, But or, you know, and I really appreciate if people preface with, Hey, I'd really like to know where you're at. I'd love to go on a hike here sometime. Um, you know, here are some experiences I've had or something like that. Um, versus just, Hey, where is this? <laughs> you know, that's, it's always like the toughest message I get in my DMS is, Hey, where is this? And I'm like, well, why do I need to tell you, <laughs> you know? Um, 
yeah, it's, I don't know, that's just a catch for me, but I think it's a growing problem for sure. And I think the biggest thing that we can do as creators or just people on Instagram is still educating people how to get outside safely and, you know, with leave no trace and low impact so that we're not just flooding anywhere with traffic. Shifting, shifting gears here a little bit, you work in the outdoor industry, you work for Columbia Sportswear, and I've had the opportunity to work with Columbia Sportswear. They're an amazing company. Um, but I've talked with so many people in the outdoor industry in, in different companies, and they've just said there's just been this blow up of uh, just being able to keep up with the demand right now because of COVID. We kind of alluded that, to that earlier. Everyone's getting outside, which is great. Um and a lot of these companies have seen record profits and, and such. But when co- and I keep saying that, I've been saying this for the last two years, you know, when COVID's over, if COVID's ever over, mm-hmm. um, what do you see the outdoor landscape looking like when, when we get back to whatever normal will be? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think that something else that has happened because of COVID. And I actually think that this is a really good thing. I was, I was actually in a local um, outfitter recently. um, And we were talking about this a little bit that I think something good that has come out of COVID is that there are a lot more free outdoor resources. So for example, if I wanted to do avalanche training, right? Um, You know, I I got into splitboarding last year. Something that I also really wanted to be knowledgeable in is avalanche training, right? It's extremely important. Before, to my knowledge, there wasn't a ton of, you know, webinars or Zoom calls or things like that that you could hop on that are, you know, free for you to do just to get some like basic level knowledge um, before maybe you had to go in somewhere or you didn't even know how to access it, right? Now, because of COVID, there's all these free resources for people to access on a computer. Most people, you know, now have a computer or have access to a computer of some sort to get that versus having to go into a store. So I think that I feel like the outdoor industry will still continue to kind of rise. Um, we have so many free resources now that are allowing people to get outside. And I mean, with YouTube or anything like that, right? Like I could YouTube right now, what are the 10 essentials? and something would pop up that tells me exactly what those are. So I think because we have all of this knowledge and access, I think it's going to continue to grow. And these outdoor companies are continuing to kind of try to educate people, especially those folks who are beginners, right? Um, You know, I just saw the other day that even like Amazon was doing some sort of backpacking camping wish list or something for Christmas. Like that's a whole segment of their site now. So I think that, you know, hopefully, and I say hopefully, because I truly do hope this, hopefully people continue to get outside, like more people continue to get outdoors. Now with that caveat, I hope that more people also continue to educate themselves on how to be outdoors properly. Um, We see, you know, tons and tons of people coming with traffic and, and, you know, there is this big supply and demand issue, but that also means if I'm going to invest in this product, right. If I can actually get my hands on a pair of split board bindings, which took forever last year for me to get, you bet I'm going to absolutely get outside. So I think it's kind of this weird balance of, you know, even after COVID ends, I think people will have started getting outside and maybe they want to do that more. Or maybe they realize, hey, this isn't for me. And the only reason I was doing this is because this was the only thing that we could do 
during a pandemic to, you know, see a friend from a distance or hang out with somebody, um, you know, they couldn't go to a restaurant or go to things like that. So they got outside, had a picnic, but I think that for most people, and maybe you're the same, like, as soon as you kind of break open that window of, Hey, what is this space? You know, now that's all I want to do. I'd rather wake up in a tent than in a bed, you know? So it's funny. It's funny how that happened. I got into the outdoors, you know, probably about eight months before COVID happened, then COVID happened and everything blew up and, and you, I've noticed watching how the outdoor industry has grown since COVID began. There's these areas that have always kind of been outdoor hubs, but people are like flocking to them now. You're in the Portland area, which I just recently went to the Portland area for, for something. And it was, you know, everyone was into the, out, everyone who already was really outdoorsy. Um, but now it's just like, everyone's in the outdoors. You go to REI there, you go to the local outfitters, they're out of, everything and i think mm-hmm. of bend i think of denver i think of flagstaff and even here in ashland um people are just flocking because they, they want to you know get out of the city they want to you know be a, a little more um they're, they're working remotely now um but being in the portland area you have so much you know obviously columbia is based there and so many other um outdoor industries are, are based there um do you see there being a more of an exodus outside of the cities and how do you balance being in a metro area and still being in the outdoors knowing that a lot of these trailers are always going to be backed up there's like always going to be this high demand in the area around you in portland yeah you know it's funny because um I talk a lot about this with some friends who have been here for a long time. A lot of the women that I take on these, you know, hosted hikes, right? Maybe they've only been in the Portland area for a year or two or or more recently. Um, And we talk about how I think like the most major hikes in Portland, I mean, I haven't done them in years, right? Because (laughs) they've been, they have been just so overrun for years. And I'm actually... I was I was discussing this with a friend the other day that I'm I'm actually really grateful that they have started permitting areas and doing, you know, this kind of more structured to control traffic. And while I can absolutely complain about that as well, um, I'm I'm also super grateful, right? Because then people aren't illegally parking along. I mean, if anybody has driven through the gorge, you understand that like they're basically single lane roads. There is no shoulder. People start parking illegally on the side, you know, they're, they're taking risks and, you know, um, they, that they really shouldn't. So I'm really appreciative that some of these areas have actually started to get permits because then it also makes it more of a, oh my gosh, I have a permit for this day. You know, I I definitely want to go, I want to make it happen. And it kind of gives you this drive to make it happen more. But, um, so now I have found myself kind of exploring a bit farther out there. I mean, I am, I put like 4,000 miles on my car just back in September. Um, I'm willing to drive for fun. So I, you know, which creates me a great opportunity to listen to wonderful podcasts. Um, But, you know, I'm finding myself more often driving to Bend or driving, um, you know, out towards Idaho or Montana or something like that to get a little bit farther out there. Now, that's not what I'm suggesting for everyone else to do. This is just purely, I have been in this area for so long and it does have access to a lot, right? I could drive, you know, an hour and a half one way and be at the beach and an hour and a half the other way and be on a mountain, which is wonderful. But 
I'm finding myself more, um, you know, trying to find kind of these little niche areas that, you know, I've never been to that I think are, you know, beautiful. And again, going about it in a safe way, but I'm willing to drive a little bit further just to find a place to make it work, you know, and explore an area that I've never been to before. I'm sure we all have local hikes around where we have lived. And again, I've been here for 12 years that that one hike, I've done it so many times and it's so overrun at this point that I have zero interest in doing it unless I have a friend from out of town who is just dying to see Multnomah Falls. which is, you know, the number one thing here. I'm like, oh, do we have to? Can we go at like four in the morning so that we get a spot? Like, oh gosh, this is going to be terrible. And it's nice that places like Multnomah Falls that you're scheduling and permitting permitting now. And But it's funny because I I, I grew up in Las Vegas and uh, I grew up hiking around the Red Rocks in Las Vegas. And I was talking to my dad about when I go there to visit him i quickly go check out the red rocks and he said the same thing he's like oh you gotta you gotta schedule an appointment to go there it's all tourists now and i'm like what mm-hmm. and it, it's crazy and even here in, in ashland you have the you know the table rocks and things like that it's like you don't go near there before you know or after you know 7 a.m and only on a weekday it's just right you just you just can't do it Yeah, it's impossible. And I think, you know, something else, and maybe you experienced this too, being down in Ashland, um, something else that's really tough and has been on my mind, you know, more recently is, oh my gosh, if I don't get this hike in this year, is it not even going to exist next year because it'll have burned down? I mean, the amount of fires have just been insane. And You know, I just did a huge section of the Tahoe Rim Trail this summer. And then, you know, later that summer, half of it was on fire. And it's just so heartbreaking. I had had to scrap my my, my TRT hike this year because of my father was supposed to go with me. He had a heart attack, but also um, the the fires. We were going to go right as the basically the entire trail was closed. It's been awful. Right. Yeah. It's just really terrible. And, you know, we had those big Eagle Creek fires a few years ago. I just did, you know, that trail for the first time um, recently and, you know, seeing the impact and it's, it's just crazy. So what would you tell someone who's getting into the outdoors for the first time? They're like, I I really want to, I really want to do this. I've, you know, I'm, I've been, you know, living in, the middle of Portland my entire life. And even though it's a outdoor person's paradise, I've never really gotten any further than Multnomah Falls. Um, what would you tell someone who really wants to get out there for the first time? It's, it's really easy to walk into an outfitter and be like, I want to go on a hike. And, you know, th- these places are, are set up to sell you gear. So they're selling you gear and sometimes maybe not what you need. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a garage full of gear that I thought I would need and I don't use anymore. Um, what would you tell someone who wants to get out for the first time and really believes, you know, this could be for me, but they don't know where to start? Yeah. I mean, I would say one of the biggest things is that you don't need the nicest and fanciest gear by any means to get outside. I mean, I can throw on like a grade school backpack and you know, even just some like old Nikes or something that I have, that's, that's what I started in, right? I didn't have any super fancy, nice gear. I had, you know, I think a backpack that was like my cheerleading backpack in college and, you know, some just old tennis shoes and 
you know, that's step one. I think you really don't need like this crazy nice gear. Now, once you decide maybe this is more for you, maybe you do want some more comfortable shoes that can handle a more strenuous hike or something like that, give you more ankle support or whatever that might be. So, you know, one, you don't need the crazy nice gear to get outside. I think people really get intimidated by that. And two, if you one, if you're in the Portland area, definitely you can message me and say, Hey, I want to get outside. And I'll be like, heck yeah, let's get you out there. And I don't just say that for women. I say that for anyone, right? Um, I don't want to come across as I'm only trying to help women. That's just an area I'm passionate about because, you know, I've lived in that space. But I would say if you do have any friends or community of people around you, you know, say, you know, Bob next door is really into hiking and, you know, ask them. I mean, I think that people are surprised sometimes at how, well, I'm surprised at people at how they don't want to ask necessarily for help. And I understand that. Um, it's hard to ask for help, but just a simple, Hey, you know, I would love to go on a hike sometime, even if it's just somewhere around town, or if you could show me some places, that would be great. Um, people are so willing to help. I mean, I'm sure that if anybody asked you and said, Hey, I'd love to get on a, out on a hike, you would say, absolutely. How can absolutely. I absolutely. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we have this, we're always a little scared to reach out and ask for help, but it seriously makes my day when a new person, you know, shoots me a message and says, Hey, I've lived here for a while and I really want to get outside. I'm like, how can we make it happen? Because I am down, you know, especially because I feel like I'm a person who will help educate someone on how to get outside and leave no trace and you know why things are the way that they are why dogs aren't allowed on this trail why you know whatever it may be um so i think that asking for help and then also just recognizing you know you don't need crazy fancy gear and if you are looking to get some more gear you know tons of youtube and research you can do there, but like go down to a local, um, consignment gear store. Bend has one of my favorite stores. Anytime I'm in Bend, I always swing through there because, you know, they just have really discounted stuff. Like I don't need a brand new, whatever it might be. I think I got my jet boil on Craigslist for like 30 or 40 bucks five years ago and it's still kicking. So, you know, you don't always need to go into REI and drop $500 because you decided you wanted to start hiking. Um, you know, make sure you like it first, get out there and, you know, still bring absolutely the essentials. But that could even be down to like, maybe if you don't have a headlamp, bring a flashlight, it's going to be heavier, but bring a flashlight, right? Um, You don't have to invest in all of the gear just to go on a hike and see if you like it. Because you'll be spending so much money on gear that you're just like, this doesn't work for me. (laughs) Right? You're like, Oh, my gosh, I have to buy, you know, even like, I've summited a couple of mountains now and I still don't even own, you know, an ice axe or a helmet or anything like that. I go and rent them because I'm mm-hmm. like, is this worth it for me to buy it? If this is not my number one thing that I really enjoy doing, probably not because as much as I love having a garage full of gear, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I need to own it right now. Exactly. Facebook marketplace is a great place or through Aria garage sales or garage sales. So many different, just, Physical garage sales are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I got snowshoes from a woman at a garage sale who she bought them at REI during a snowstorm, but she wanted to walk the neighborhood. So, you know, that's, yeah, 
there's so much gear all around that isn't, you know, it doesn't have to be brand new. I just got used crampons recently at REI garage sale. And I'm like, heck yeah. I would oh. never buy these new. <laughs> That's where I got my headlamp. It's been my best headlamp ever since REI garage sale. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully that's, you know, actually to like tangent just for a second more. Um, that is one of the biggest things that I've experienced with these, you know, women getting outside is they say, oh, I really want to do this. And I just don't have the gear. And, you know, I think trying to figure out ways to like help people get gear more easily is, is just huge. And it's really a blessing working for Columbia because, you know, I can say here, I have employee store passes or things like that. If you want to, you know, try to get outside that way. But, um, I've been, you know, trying to like collect gear as much as possible so that I can say, Hey, you can use this backpack or, Hey, you know, I just lent one of the gals a sleeping pad and, um, I think, uh, something else, but, you know, just, you can also ask your friends, they might have gear too. There is no shame in borrowing gear at all. No. Because accessibility, just with gear, for a lot of people, that seems to be a barrier. Like, I just don't have the stuff, you know, to go on a backpacking trip or overnight camping trip. And it seems very cost prohibitive, but there's ways. There's ways around it, and you can always ask. Mm -hmm. So what what does the future hold for you um, continuing with these trips and and, and, and empowering women? What, What does the future hold for you in the next few months and even years? Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of a crucial time right now, just in where I'm at, because I have kind of gotten this bigger draw than I guess I was expecting. Um, You know, I put out on my Instagram not that long ago, hey, you know, I love that all of you are wanting to get outside. How many of you, if I did like a little backpacking 101, like really quick overnight trip or something that's, you know, close proximity to Portland, how many of you would want to come? And I had like, 80 plus responses with emails. And I was like, Oh, gosh, this could get very overwhelming really quickly. So um, definitely, that's something that I'm working towards. And now with like, I would love to take, you know, women out backpacking. And um, I think with that comes, you know, a couple certifications here and there that I need to snag, but just so that, you know, I can feel definitely more than equipped to be bringing other people outside. But also, you know, working on expanding that a bit. And I want to be able to provide people gear for things like that, right? That's their biggest barrier. And I have tons of extra gear and stuff too, but, you know, figuring out ways where I can really outfit them in a safe way and making them feel more comfortable. Because I think oftentimes some of these women, they don't want to, like if some of them want to bring their own gear, that's great. But half of the stress is thinking about gear. They can just show up And I already have, you know, at least like tent, sleeping bag, backpack, that kind of thing. It just makes it so much less stressful for them. So that's kind of step one, um, continuing to do, uh, you know, those hikes that I've been hosting and, you know, doing some meetups and things like that, where we can just get together at, you know, whether it's a coffee shop or a brewery or that kind of thing. And just chatting about gear, chatting about hikes, chatting, meeting other women who like to get outside. I think that's one of like the coolest things that has come out of this is that, you know, complete strangers are showing up at a trailhead with me. And not only, you know, am I making friends with them, but they're making friends with each other, exchanging numbers, going and doing things after we go hiking. And that's like the coolest thing. So I think in terms of, you know, this um, movement I'm doing with getting women outdoors, I don't a hundred percent know yet because I could either go like full in and really just 
make this, you know, something that grows and is huge, or, you know, I can kind of continue about it the way I have. And I think I really want to make it grow. I do. So um, I think that's kind of next steps um, and getting ready to do some backpacking in the spring with, with some awesome gals. Very nice. Ultimately, though, how has hiking in the outdoors changed you? Oh, my gosh. I think it has just made me so much more confident and aware. Um, I have never felt as confident and, you know, get empowered as I do when I'm outside. I think that sometimes, you know, the negative effects of the world, Instagram, you know, things like that, we get this idea in our mind of like, what a body should look like, or what we should be doing, you know, should I own a house? Should I have children already? Things like that. And it's almost like when I step outside, all of that just goes away. And it's really my outlet to, you know, if I'm having a stressful day, like go to the local place where I go trail run or, you know, just drive 30 minutes and go hit a really quick hike. Um, I think it has changed me because it has just made me a more confident person in general. And I stand by, you know, it's helped me stand by things I believe in. It helps me give, you know, it, it just lights this fire in me that I feel like I never knew existed. And it's something that like, it just makes me feel so empowered. And that's why I think it has really driven me to say, Hey, I want to help other women feel this way. Because for a long time, you know, in that sour relationship, I was feeling a lot of things, you know, like, Oh, you're such a scaredy cat or, Oh, you could never go hike by yourself or, you know, a lot of those comments. And that I think not just maybe, you know, my partner in particular, but like society in general puts on women of you shouldn't be outside, especially alone. And it's like, okay, let me prove it wrong to you. And that's just the type of person I am. Right. Um, I'm really the, if you tell me I can't do it, you know, okay, watch me. So I think it has just changed me and made me feel more confident, more just like proud to be in the skin that I am. And being in the cheerleading world for so long, it's pretty toxic and you can have a lot of body image issues. And now, you know, I am definitely not the smallest woman in the world. I have a very like just big built frame. And I am so proud that like, I have these giant legs that help me climb up a mountain. And I'm just so I have never felt body confidence like I have when I'm, you know, hiking, like, I can now, you know, hike 18 to 20 miles and still live to tell the day the next day, you know, and I just want other women to feel that way too. And that is really how hiking has impacted me. I'm just a confident, you know, happier person. Cameron, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing part of your story. If somebody wanted to see what you were doing, what you were what were you, what you were up to, uh, where would they go to follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Cameron Kaylee. Uh, it's kind of hard to spell, but maybe we can drop it in the notes or something like that. But absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, that's where you can find me. Um, I'm really active on there, and again. My DMs are always open if you want to go hike or just even have questions of how to get started or where to find gear, whatever. And I'm also uh, very willing to travel for adventures, you know, so don't be afraid to ask. 
Cameron, thank you so much for coming on and uh, best of luck to you as you continue on this journey. Thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I'm very stoked to be here. Big thank you to Cameron for coming on the show. Make sure you find out everything she's doing. Check out her Instagram worth the follow. I guarantee it. And this is the part of the show where I know so many of you are like, okay, he's going to tell us about Canuck Outdoors. He's going to tell us about CS Instant Coffee. He's going to name all the Patreons. And, well, you guys know my spiel on CS Instant Coffee and Canuck Outdoors. They have been, they are just two companies that have been both amazing to me. And I, I'm trying to fi- figure out cooler and better ways to communicate that. So um, just check out all the information for them in the link um in the description of this episode uh because they are both amazing and i do need to shout out the patreons because month in and month out they support this show we have of course lisa sky hannah um someone with the email address like barbara mike ali uh elizabeth maggie ava annette renee alistair mike danielle ren jacob Tommy and Deb, thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. If you want to know more about Patreon, just uh, go to hikerpodcast.com. All that information is there. And uh, I just got to shout them out because it's just so cool that they believe in the show enough to, to, um, to help me out. And I, I really, I really do appreciate that. I do want to make sure I shout this out because I've been forgetting the music you are listening to. And you heard at the beginning of the show is provided by musicbed.com. I have a, a, a licensing subscription where I license all the music that you hear on this show. So it's all nice and legal. And uh, this song is called crazy good by the TVC featuring Paris Carney. And if you want to hear all the different songs that are featured on the hiker podcast, uh, just go to the description of this episode and you will find a uh, Spotify link or just search Hiker Podcast and Spotify link playlist. You'll find a playlist. There's a playlist. And uh, I totally, if, if you just like, you're like, oh, I heard this. I want to know more about this artist. There's a playlist that's all there. And uh, so, yeah, check them out, please. Um, we are getting in to the colder months and I'm so excited. Um, because there's no smoke, but at the same time, there's mud. I went hiking the other day. There was mud everywhere, but you know what? I'm excited, uh, to, to experience different parts of this great state of Oregon, um, with snow like I haven't before. And you know, this summer was definitely a disappointment for me. I didn't get to do all the big things I had planned. I didn't get to summit Mount McLaughlin because of smoke and fire. I didn't get to hike the Tahoe Rim Trail as I alluded to in this episode because of smoke and fire and and other situations but you know what that's okay and sometimes things don't go as planned and I'm sure in the midst of COVID right now we can all admit things don't always go the way we plan them to go the way we hoped for them to go Uh, this is not how I thought my career would go but you know what COVID has given me even though it's taken so much taken everything from some people um, it's given me the opportunity to start this podcast and, and start a business and start with outdoor plus size modeling and I just have you all to thank for that so thank you all um, I, I I harp on this every week and I'm just so appreciative of all you who support me and listen to me if you want to find out what I'm doing go to Instagram uh, at 
Andy Films and Hikes. You can also find out more from me at andynealproductions.com. I have a bunch of my stuff there. If you know, want to know, if you want to know, want to know more of what I am doing, check that out. And also, of course, you can, of course, you can go to hikerpodcast.com for the latest on what's going on with the Hiker Podcast and follow Hiker Podcast on the Instagrams or join our Facebook group. With that, I do just want to thank all the guests. This is the 61st episode of this podcast. We've had over 55 guests on this show. And I'm just, my mind is blown how they come on. They're anxious to come on and they just, they just pour out their hearts and it's just so cool. So to the guests of the Hiker Podcast, thank you all so much. If you want to help out the show, you can, of course, uh, leave a iTunes or Apple podcast review, uh, leave a little comment. Five stars is always helpful. Share it with your friends on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks or whatever. And, uh, I haven't forgotten. I talked about earlier how, uh, I haven't been able to give out stickers for free anymore because it's just been, it's been cost prohibitive and just the sheer demand of it has been overwhelming. I am working on something to make stickers available, uh, but I will say, if you're in Ashland, Oregon, <laughs> go to Mountain Provisions. They're there. At least they were last time I checked last week. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can email me, Andy, at HikerPodcast.com with any questions, comments, grabs, complaints, or snide remarks. And, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast. Hiker Podcast.